The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Spurgeon said this, he said, When home is ruled, according to God's word, angels might be asked to stay with us, and they would not find themselves out of their element. If a home was ruled by God's word, angels could visit with us, and they wouldn't find themselves out of their element. As as a matter of fact, what's he saying? The Christian home should have heaven in the home. Uh, It should have the spirit of heaven. It should be a heavenly place. Uh, I don't know about you, but maybe some of you that didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, your house was less like heaven and more like the other place. Uh, your, your house might have been uh, 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 less like a place of peace and joy, and maybe it was uh, a place that was falling apart. Maybe it was a place of hypocrisy. Maybe it was a place uh, where people uh, said one thing and did another. I don't know. But the truth is tonight, I think every person wants to go home to a spiritual place. I think every person tonight wants to go home to a peaceful, spirit-filled place. And we know that the home is not the residence, it's not the building any more than the building is the church. It's the place you dwell. It's the place you live. But the people that live in that place bring whichever kind of spirit's there to it. You know, when, when, uh, when you come into a place, you fill that place with your spirit. That's what the Bible teaches us. God wants us to be filled with His spirit So that when we come into his house or we go to any place, it doesn't matter where we're at, we go to any place that that place has a spirit-filled individual, that that place uh, is filled by the Spirit of God. I don't know about you, but I want to have a spirit-filled church and I want to have a spirit-filled home. And some people are saying, well, if it's spirit-filled, it's going to look like this. Well, what does God say uh, it's going to look like? Look at it with me. Uh, in verse number 19, he says this, after, after being be filled with the Spirit, he says this is what it's going to look like. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart uh, to the Lord. I believe that a Spirit-filled place, a Spirit-filled home is a place of joy. J-O-Y, joy. And I'm not talking about temporal happiness or, or, or uh, just, you know, I'm happy because things are going my way. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord that's our strength. And, and can I say this? Whenever I've had joy, I've been happy. How about you? Whenever I've had joy, uh, I've been happy. And I'm thankful for the joy of the Lord tonight. How about you? Come on. Some of you look like you could lose, use a little joy tonight. You could, you could use a little joy. I think when we get together as a family, when families get together, shouldn't it be fun? Shouldn't it be fun? You know, why in the world we think that, you know, church is to be dry and dead and, and uh, we can't have fun? I'm not talking about fun like the world uh, calls fun. We're bringing that into the church. I'm just saying uh, we should be able to have fun in God's... I think it's fun to come together with God's people. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to get together. I think I want to do it. I enjoy doing it. I get joy from it. And the joy, the Bible says, is the fruit of God's Spirit, is it not? So it's an evidence that uh, that, that that place is filled with the Spirit if it's a joyful place, a place of joy. Christian joy is not a shallow emotion that 
kind of like a thermometer, rises and falls uh, with the changing atmosphere of the home. Rather, Christian joy is a deep experience of adequacy and confidence in spite of the circumstances around us. I am full of joy because I'm full of the Spirit. I'm not full of joy because everything... I'm not full of joy tonight because all my bills are paid. Come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm talking to the route. Are all your bills paid? All right. So, so you're thinking, uh, I'm full of joy because all my... No, no. We're not talking about I have money in the bank. Everything's great. Feeling healthy. Got a lot of stuff. Got everything I want. And so I'm happy tonight. No, no, no. I'm full of joy because I'm supposed to be full of God's Spirit. It's a byproduct of being, full of the, being filled with the Spirit. Uh, now, I'm not talking about crazy. I'm talking about joy. There's a difference between joy and being crazy. And that, God's not talking about being crazy. Some people are just crazy. They, say they want to blame God for it. You don't, don't blame God for being crazy. Uh, God gives us a soundness of mind. God gives us uh, a direction. God gives us an order uh, to our life. But I believe that a Christian home ought to be a place of joy. Place of joy. Uh, you know, uh, there's nothing that will kill the spirit in your home like you're never allowed to have fun. Houses aren't museums, are they? I mean, come on, every once in a while, you know, stuff happens, pillow fights happen, you know, every once in a while, stuff happens. You know, you're not like in a museum, you're afraid, you know, don't move that, don't, you know, come on, come on. It's like sometimes going like to grandma's house, some of you are becoming grandma and grandpa, and I get it, uh, but don't lose your joy. It ought to be a place of joy, a place of joy. Uh, You know, when, when we have joy, we're not worried about people touching our stuff. We're not worried about being selfish with everything that we have. Hey, we want to share it. We've got joy. Uh, We want to share it. To illustrate joy, uh, Paul used a familiar image uh, to at least these people of drunkenness. Uh, You know, someone that's drunk looks happy. But do you know that alcohol is a depressant? It is a depressant. It is not something that makes you happy. It's something that depresses you, but sometimes it feigns, it feigns, it pretends joy. It's a fake uh, joy. It's a fake happiness. People talk about getting into spirits, drinking. We're going to party. We're going to have fun tonight. We're going to go out and get drunk, and we're going to get wasted. And boy, it's going to be a great time. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a horrible time to me. Sounds like a horrible time to me. Uh, I'm not interested in that. And by the way, uh, any child of God wouldn't be interested in that either. I'm not interested in, in getting drunk with wine, but I am interested in being filled with the Spirit of God. I, I do want to have the joy of the Lord. Uh, and it says, he says this, he says, when the believers at Pentecost, you know, he says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. These believers, the crowd accused them of being drunk with wine. But here's the thing, they weren't drunk with wine, they weren't drinking wine, uh, they were full of God's Spirit. They were full of God's Spirit. Why? Because of their behavior. Uh, there was such a joyfulness about them that unbelievers could think of no better comparison. These people, they're in surroundings that are not dictating joy. Who sings in a prison at midnight? You've got to be a drunk person to do that. I mean, come on, you go to some prisons where they're, uh, they're holding a drunk person at midnight, there might be some singing going on. But in the morning, they're not going to be too happy about what's going on. If they remember it. And the truth is tonight, you know, uh, there were some Christians that sang at midnight in the prison. Paul uh, and Silas, after they got beat, their circumstances didn't dictate uh, that they have joy. But boy, they were full of God's spirit. And uh, at midnight, they sang praises to God. Uh, It shook 
the prison and then God shook the prison and God let them go and a man uh, that uh, saw what was going on fell down at their feet and he says, Sir, what must I do to be saved? He was saved. His house was saved. The Philippian church was born because there were two individuals that were willing to be spirit-filled and display the joy of the Lord there at midnight in the prison. And we can't have joy in our homes. Come on. If they could have joy in the prison, I can have joy in my house tonight. If they could have joy in the circumstances, listen, if Christians being burned at the stake could sing praises to God, I dare say they probably sang better than we did tonight in the Colosseums. They probably sang, they probably lifted up their voices and sang to God and we're kind of dribbling through. You say, what did they sing? I don't know what they sang, but I, I guarantee you it was songs and hymns and spiritual songs. You say, were the praise band there in the Colosseum? Were they, were they dancing and doing all kinds of... No, they were there about to be killed, but they had joy. What's our excuse tonight? In, in God's house, we can't have joy. I think our problem tonight is that we're not full of the Spirit. We're not full of the Spirit. We're full of a lot of other stuff. And, and it might not be wine tonight, but it might be just ourselves and that we don't have the fullness that we should have. And, you know, I think we ought to have joy. How about you tonight? Joy. Uh, what's another sign of being filled with the Spirit? Uh, look at verse number 20. What's the first two words? Giving thanks. Giving thanks. And then he, he tells us, always for all things unto God. The Bible tells us that we need to give thanks in everything. It doesn't say that we need to give thanks for everything, but it does tell us that we need to give thanks in everything. You with me tonight? There is a difference. There are some things tonight that are going on in our world that I am not thankful for, but, are, but there's no excuse while I'm in them that I should not be thankful. You with me tonight? Some people are losing their gratitude uh, because they're looking at circumstances and are saying, Hey, I'm not thankful for these things. Well, I'm with you if you're talking about the mess that's going on in our world today. I'm not thankful for them, but I'm supposed to be thankful in them. Be thankful in them. He says uh, for us to be thankful uh, in all things. And, and I'm thankful tonight, giving thanks always for all things. And I don't know about you tonight, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to be thankful, isn't it? But the Bible says a spirit-filled person is going to be a thankful person. You know what, what's sad is people, they come into church, they display some kind of outward uh, experience. They go through the motions of that everybody can say, see, and they say, look, I'm full of the Spirit, and they walk out, and they're not grateful. They're not joyful. As a matter of fact, they're miserable human beings that just put on a display in the house of God in front of a group of people, and it's no closer to the Spirit of God than it is anything else. And I'll tell you tonight, a display of the Spirit of God is joy and gratitude. Gratitude. I'm grateful. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the cross tonight. I'm thankful for the cross. Tonight we're going to remember uh, what Christ did uh, as a church body. And, and this do in remembrance of me, he says. And uh, as we sang about the blood, you know what I thought? I said, every time we sang, I just, in my heart, I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because if it were not for the blood of Jesus Christ, 
Uh, I, I don't know where I'd be tonight, but I know I wouldn't be here, and I would know I wouldn't be on the way to where I'm on the way to tonight, and I know that I wouldn't possess eternal life tonight. I know I'd be miserable tonight, and I don't think we ought to have to conjure up. We ought to have to create man-made uh, gratitude. They, we have tons to be thankful for tonight, tons. We've been blessed, aren't we? Haven't we been blessed? I'm not talking about material possessions. I'm talking about what you have in Christ. What you have in Christ. Hey, listen, uh, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I'm thankful whether I have, I know how to be, abound and how to be abased. Come on. I, I know to, how, to, how to enjoy and to suffer. I know to have and to have not. I know to, to, how to be filled and to be empty. You know, every once in a while, it's good to feel empty. Because God reminds us where everything comes from. And we're grateful. You know, I don't know about you, but we're more grateful for things when we don't have things. When, when do you have to, when's the last time you thank God for the home that you had? The job that you had? You know, in between complaining about everything, maybe we ought to utter some thanks every once in a while for what we have. Thank God for your health tonight. Well, it's not perfect. Listen, I understand, but you're here. But you're here, and God's sustaining you, and that you've got breath, so praise the Lord tonight. Uh, we ought to praise the Lord because we've got breath tonight, and I guarantee you when we take our last breath here, uh, we won't cease to praise God and to thank Him when we get to heaven. We ought to start now. And I'm thankful tonight, and, and someone defined the home as the place where we are treated the best and complain the most. The place where we're treated the best and complain the most. I never heard too many people, and people every once in a while, they complain in church. But most of the time, when people complain, they go home and do it. It's true. And we complain to the people who we ought to be considerate about that we're not dragging them down. You know, people, it's so sad. People, uh, they get this wrong. They wonder why the spirit in their home's bad. They go home and just blah, 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 blah. Criticize and complain. Murmur and complain. Murmur and complain. We get out of the house of God. Listen, when you do that here, and you, 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 go, out, you, you go out of this place, you worship God here, and then you go out of this place, and you go home and do nothing but complain. It just displays what we did was not real. It was not authentic. Sometimes it's a place where we're treated the best and we, compl and we're, we complain the most. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm thankful uh, to have a home tonight. I'm thankful to have a Christian home tonight. Uh, I've lived in a lot of houses, but I'm thankful for a Christian home. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of places, you know, sometimes uh, we moved, how many times? Nine times in seven years. And, uh, you know, last time we, we moved, we landed here. We're hoping to stay here a little bit longer than we did in the other places that we're in. But, you know, here we are tonight. I'm thankful for a home. But re really tonight, I'm thankful for a Christian home. You know, as, as growing up, uh, we didn't have a whole lot. But mom and dad, uh, you know, they just, wherever we were, wherever we were, we just made the best of where we were. I'm thankful for that tonight. That prepared me for, for life and ministry. You know, because uh, when you're in the ministry, you just live wherever the church tells you to live. <laughs> you're going to be there. Okay, great, wonderful. All right, and, and sometimes they don't tell you where you're living. You just figure that out on your own. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that God takes care, but really thankful tonight that uh, we can have a Christian home no matter where we are. And God provides. Thankful. 
how true it is. You know, uh, some people, uh, a teenager uh, said this once, my, my father never talks to me unless he wants to, uh, to criticize me or ask about my grades. Uh, after all, a, a guy uh, needs uh, encouragement every, every once in a while, and, and uh, my dad never said one thing of encouragement to me. That's a sad thing coming from a teenager. Sometimes teenagers can focus on the negative and, and miss the positive. I, I think as a teenager, I probably said some silly things like that too while my, while my parents were caring and, and loving for me. The truth is tonight, no matter where you are, if you've got a mom and dad, you ought to be thankful. And you ought to be thankful for a house, uh, house to live in, clothes on your back, shoes on your feet. You say, I, I don't have all this stuff. Hey, some of that, that's going to be a blessing in disguise later on in your life that you don't have some of the trinkets and things that a lot of people are tripping over right now and why they can't live the, the Christian life. You know, and uh, you know, I think we ought to be thankful. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. You know, the word gratitude comes from the same root word as grace. Same root word. Gratitude, grace. And I believe tonight if we've experienced the grace of God and we're full of the Spirit of God, then we'll be grateful for what God brings into our lives. And uh, we're not going to sit back, you know, nobody knows the trouble. I said, feel sorry for me, feel sorry. Don't feel sorry for me tonight, I'm going to heaven. Uh, don't feel sorry for me tonight. Uh, I've got a home in heaven uh, that's been prepared for me by a wonderful Savior. It's waiting for me. I can't wait to get there, and I'm having joy in the journey on the way. How about you tonight? And it's a wonderful thing of uh, the Christian life. Gratitude. What, 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 what comes next? Look at verse number 21. What's the first word? Submitting. It's a word we love. If we could, we'd, 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 we'd white it out of the Bible. But the Bible says submitting. What is, what is it talking about there? Well, I believe a spirit-filled home, uh, one of the signs of a spirit-filled home is a little word, submission. It's not a little word. It's a big word. It's a hard word to swallow, isn't it? Submission. You know, if we're going to have a spirit-filled place, we're going to have to submit. We're going to have to submit to who? Notice the Bible says in verse number 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. You know, there's a mutual submission that goes on in the house of God. There's a mutual submission that goes on in the Christian home. God doesn't stop there in His instruction for submission but he does tell us that a spirit-filled person will be a submissive person. Submissive person. In other words, I'm not the one in control. He's the one in control. I'm not the one that wants to get my way. I want him to have his way. It takes submission for that to happen. Uh, we call it surrender. Uh, we call it consecration. Whatever you want to call it, it's submission. And it must be present if a person is spirit-filled, it will be present in their life. Submission. A lot of times talk, people talk about uh, being submissive like it's a bad thing, but uh, the Bible says it's a spirit-filled thing. You know why we're afraid to submit? Because we're afraid that someone's going to take advantage of us. That's why. It's what stops us. Uh, it's two reasons. One, it's pride and we want to be in control. Two, it's, it's we're afraid to get hurt. We're afraid uh, if, I, if I put myself underneath someone else's authority, then they're going to hurt me. Let, me. let me share something with you tonight. God will never hurt you. He will never hurt you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. 
He will never talk meanly or bitterly or uh, uh, vindictively. Uh, He won't uh, uh, try to lash out and, and get vengeance on you. God doesn't do that. God is a good father. And if you've had a bad earthly experience with the Father, can I share share something with you? Get to know your heavenly Father really well because He's a good Father. And I'll tell you, you'll want to submit to Him because He always knows what's best for you and He always does what's best for you. That's our God. And you could submit to Him. And uh, you know, most of people's problem with, with human submission just reveals their problem with submission to God. It's really the problem. God gives us human authorities to to let us show, if you would, that submission. How many know that human authorities are flawed? Wives, uh, tonight, don't raise your hand. Don't nod. Don't wink at me. Don't do anything. How many know that your husbands are not perfect? You know that. Some of you winked at me. I saw it. You know know that, that your husband is not perfect. But God doesn't say you're to submit to him when he's perfect. He just says, submit to him and I'll bless you. And I'll bless you. Why? Because because, uh, it's what he wants. It's what God wants. It's how how God put a marriage together and said, this is how a godly Christian marriage works. First of all, let me tell you something. If you're going to enter into a marriage in the first place, make sure it's with a Christian. Make sure it's with a Christian. The Bible says to Christians, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You're not supposed to be in a relationship with someone that's not a Christian. You say, well, I already made that mistake. Well, then you stick to it and you be faithful. You be faithful. God doesn't say end the relationship because he's not a Christian. But if you're not married and you're, uh, you're involved with someone who's not a Christian, let me give you a word of advice. Get out. Get out. You say, why? Because it's not going to end well. It's not going to work well. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's a sad thing when people disobey that command. Because they learned the hard way. And some people have learned the hard way in that. And I'm talking, listen, we got some people that aren't married yet. And I want to give them some good godly biblical advice. Can I do that tonight? Uh, just because we made mistakes doesn't mean we can't protect everybody else that hasn't made it. There's some young people, listen, if they're not a Christian, and can I go a step further? If they're not a spirit-filled Christian, you don't want anything to do with them either. Because they're not going to display these things that's going to allow you to have a Christian home. You say, well, uh, I, you know, I'll be alone. Listen, trust God. Trust God that he can, he can uh, make that way and protect you and help you. It's what God says. Submission. Paul applied this uh, principle, really, of, of harmony uh, to husbands and wives, to, to parents and children, and to masters and servants throughout the book of uh, Ephesians in the chapter 6. And he started with this command, submit to the other. Um. You know, submission has nothing to do with the order of authority, but really it, it tells us God's operation of authority. You say, what are you talking about? If, if I have to submit to a person, does that mean that they're more important to God than I am? No. It doesn't mean that at all. As a matter of fact, it, God never even implies that. God doesn't say, listen, we understand this in the workplace. If you have a boss, he's in charge right? Does it work when we come into work tomorrow? Okay, nobody wants to be submitting to each other. We don't want to have any authorities here. Everybody's the boss. How long is that going to work? It's not going to work. It doesn't work that way. 
Uh, now, here's the thing. You say, well, I'm more qualified than my boss. I, I know more about this than my boss. I, I, I have more experience. I'm this, I'm that. It doesn't matter. God doesn't say that. He says, if they're in a position of authority, submit to them. Submit to them. Allow, and, and you know what God says? I'll bless you for doing it. I'll bless you for doing it. And by the way, your relationship will work if you do it. That's what God says. He doesn't talk about order here. He's not talking about who's more important. He's just talking about operation. Operation, this is how it works. And I don't know about you, but I think some more people need to listen to how a marriage works. How a marriage works. You know, uh, there's some people, and they'll tell you, listen, before you ever uh, get a divorce, you're emotionally divorced from somebody. You get checked out. There's a, there's a problem uh, that's going on, and, and for a lot of times, people don't even address it. They don't even deal with it. And, you know, most people, they'll listen to Dr. Phil. They'll listen to Oprah. They'll listen to whatever book, and you open up the Word of God. You open up the Word of God. Can I share something with you? Oprah's not even married tonight. You know, you, we, we listen to her. We listen to everybody else it, because they, they say, God, open the Word of God. What does it say? This is what works. This is what works. It works if you, if you listen to what God says, what, what he says in his word, his operation. He says, wives, submit yourselves. He gives two reasons for the command. Number one, the lordship of Christ. And number two, the headship of the man in Christ. When, when, when the Christian wife submits herself to Christ and lets him be the Lord of her life, she'll have no difficulty submitting to other authorities. Just like the husband. If I submit myself to Christ and I let him be the Lord of my life, I'll have no problems with submitting to the authorities that God places uh, in, in their lives. Uh, you know, uh, as I stand here tonight and, and God's given me responsibility and authority in this local New Testament church, you know what I understand? There's greater Christians in this church than me. There are people more knowledgeable about Scripture than I am. There, there are people that I have a utmost degree of respect for for their hard work and labor, for their faithfulness, integrity, and character. And it's not about order. And I understand even there's people in this room that are older than me, believe it or not. But, but here's the thing. God put me in a position of authority when it comes to the church. And, you know, we understand that. That's, that's how it works. That's how it works. And God, God's the one that does that. He chooses that. And I, I, listen, as we look at each other tonight, I'm as baffled as you are that he put me here. But you know, but that was God. That's what God wants. That's what God put. That's what God has ordered. And and how about this? I'm okay with that tonight. How about you? I'm okay with that. And God's good, isn't He? I'm not good, and I'm not perfect, but God sure is, and and He knows how things need to be. And and boy, you know what I do understand is as I as I speak tonight, I have a responsibility that comes with that authority, and if I abuse it, then I lose it. You with me tonight? If I abuse it, then I lose it. God taught Moses that in the wilderness, didn't he? As soon as he abused his authority, he lost his authority. When he disobeyed God, when he wouldn't submit himself to God, when God said, speak to the rock, and he struck the rock, what happened? He lost his blessing, his place in the promised land, and his position of authority over God's people. When, when people in authority uh, don't obey God, God removes them from authority. It's how it works. It doesn't mean God hates him. God loved Moses. God never stopped loving Moses. God never stopped being his friend, but he sure removed him from his position of authority, didn't he? You know, that's sometimes the way that it works. And boy, that should bring some soberness 
if you're in any position of authority, if you're a parent tonight, that should bring some soberness to you. I don't want to lose my influence with my children, but I understand I can lose it real quick if, I won't, if I'll be abusive with that, with that leadership, with that authority that God's given. So God tells us, he says, wives, submit yourselves. He says, husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. And, and herein is the, the next thing that's, that's present in a Christian home. Joy, gratitude, submission. Number four, love. 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 A spirit-filled person, uh, if someone's spirit-filled, love won't, won't be far behind. Won't be far behind. And by the way, it'll be evident. You know, a Christian home and, a, and a, the church of God and any place where people gather together, assemble together, it should be a place of love. A place of love. We talked this morning about the measure of love and, and really uh, the mandate of love, but also uh, really uh, what love means, the meaning of love. You know, when we think about love and what it means, a lot of times we define love wrongly, don't we? We, th- we think that love is permissiveness. We think that love is lasciviousness. Or we think that love is, is freedom to do what I want, but that's not what love is at all. Anybody uh, love somebody tonight? So uh, let me share something with you. As much as that may create some bubbly feelings at first. You know what happens? The bubbly feelings don't go go away. They grow. They mature into something wonderful. But here's the thing. Responsibility and commitment follow right along with it. In other words, I understand now that I am committed to someone, that I am responsible in that commitment to protect, to honor to respect. Isn't there responsibility that comes with love? This whole idea is love anyone you want, love whenever you want, love however you want, is not the love of God. Love is pure. Love is peaceable. Love thinketh no iniquity, no evil. Rejoiceth not iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. You say, how come you beat up so much on the world's love? Because do you see what's going on? They're saying they're in love. Six months later, it falls apart. I say to you tonight, that's not love. That's not love. When the world sings about love, you with me tonight? When the, when the world sings about love, and I hear what they're singing... It's a bunch of mess, garbage, cheating. This person broke up, cheated, did this, did that. Oh, but we're in love. No, no, that's not love, friend. You've got a perverted view of what love is. That's not love. That's hatred. That's evil. That's wicked. Uh, that's not love. Uh, we've rebranded what love is. Love is commitment. Love is respect. Love is endurance. Uh, love is I'm not going to leave. I, I'm, it's not conditional uh, upon how you treat me or how you don't treat me. I just am committed to love. And I, I'm committed to that for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, sickness and health, poverty and wealth, till death do us part. That's, that's it tonight. You say, well, I've made some mistakes along the way. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. You with me tonight? And if you're in a committed marital relationship tonight, you stay committed till death do us part. You stay committed. You say it's going to be hard. Yeah. 
And you know what? As, as challenging as mankind is, it sometimes can be a mess, can it? And I tell you tonight, it's sad. As a pastor, and I'm a young pastor, uh, it's sad how sometimes husbands treat their wives and how wives treat their husbands. It is sad and unfortunate. It is sad and unfortunate. Can I, can I tell you, the only hope uh, for a marriage is if Christ is the center of it. And, and, and if we're going to be honest tonight, we've got to make him the center in our own hearts. And uh, if, if you're not married tonight, give your heart to Jesus so that whoever wants your heart's got to go to Jesus to get it. You make Jesus your altogether lovely one. You're the one that you're just enthralled with, that you're overwhelmed with. And when you meet somebody else that's overwhelmed with Jesus, maybe then you think about giving your heart to them. You know, a marriage can be a wonderful thing, but marriage can also be a horrible thing. It can be a horrible thing if Christ is not the center. You with me tonight? And uh, it, it's a wonderful thing. When we're spirit-filled, love is going to be present. Uh, can I say this about the church of God? If, uh, if we've got a spirit-filled church, love will be present. Love will be evident. Love will be what we are characterized by. Love. Just love. Does that mean people are going to always treat us right? No. Does it mean people are always going to talk to us right? No. Does that, does that mean people are, are always going to be how we think they should be? No. But it does mean that we have the love of Jesus Christ. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Love. And then last, or two more things that I'll, I'll close. Obedience. Look at uh, verse, uh, chapter 6 and verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Obedience. Verse number 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Listen, you, you, can't, you can't be spirit-filled and not be an obedient person. You can't. It, it doesn't work that way. You say, if, if the home is spirit-filled, what will be there? Obedience. Obedience. Come on, kids. Obedience is... The very best way to what? To show that you doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily, action is the key to obediently, joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. And I spelled it for you. Here's the thing, if I believe, I'm going to be obedient. And by the way, obedience is still the best way to show you believe. Are you with me tonight? I'm tired of all the talking. I'd like to see some more doing. In the home, in the marriage, in the parent-child relationships, in the church, we talk a lot, but we, get, we, we should just start doing just start doing. It'd be better for us not to talk and to do than for us, you know, uh, 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 for us to just talk all the time and never do anything. Sometimes we just talk, 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 and we never do. We're hearers of the word, but not doers, and we're deceiving ourselves. It's sad when we're that way. Obedience is the best way to show you that, show that you believe. Christian home, what is, what is an evidence, a sign of a spirit-filled home? Joy, gratitude, submission, love, obedience, and then lastly, care. 
care. Care. When people are spirit-filled, they care. They care. You know, you know what's sad when you talk to somebody and they just don't care? It's one of the hardest crowds to preach to, I'll be honest. When you preach to a crowd and they just don't care, it's, it's difficult. Very little is going to be accomplished because it just reveals we don't want what God wants. We just want what we want. And really, whether we care or not, uh, as far as being spirit-filled, is revealed on what we care about. What we care about. Say, what are you talking about? Well, everybody tonight cares about themselves. Am I right? We all care about ourselves, but it takes being spirit-filled to care about other people. When I stop caring about myself and I start caring about other people, let me, let me say this, let each esteem other better than themselves. In other words, when I stop saying, I, I can't serve God because of my schedule. I can't serve God because of this. I can't serve God because, what, I'm, what am I saying? I'm not going to serve God because I care for me first and I'm not going to not care for me first. I'm going to get mine and then I'll see if there's anything left for anybody else. Can I share something with you that is so far from the Spirit of God uh, that you, you couldn't even get near it with a 10-foot pole or 39 and a half if you're the Grinch, right? I, I tell you tonight, you know, uh, where we're at sometimes is we, it, it's revealed. Listen to somebody talk. What they care about would be revealed in their speech. I just don't like that. What do you care about? Just you. I, I just, you know, I just, that just bothers me, and I don't this, and I don't, what, I'm just uncomfortable. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just me, 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 me. That's not what the Spirit does. The Spirit of God says, how about others? How about others? These the old-time preachers say, others, Lord, others. Others, Lord, others. Let this my motto be. Right? Others, Lord, others. They used to teach us in Sunday school, joy meant Jesus, others, and then you. And you were last. And, uh, you know, that's what shows to be spirit-filled. You know, I just, I just, you know, I just, we come into God's house sometimes and all we care about is ourselves. Well, I don't like the special. I don't like how they do the music. I don't like how they do, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. Well, good for you. But the truth is, that's all you care about is what's good for you. What about others? What about others? Uh, are, we, are we preaching God's word? Are, are, we, uh, are we assembled around the truth? Uh, a lot of times, boy, we just make preferential uh, issues. They trump everything, don't they, sometimes? Well, it's just not what I like. It's not what I enjoy. It's not what I... Listen... God's word, God's word needs to be preached and God's people need to be obedient to it. And if we had a little bit more of that in this world, in this country, our country would be going in a different direction. I really believe that tonight. If preachers that are called to God just preach God's word and people that are called to God to places just obey God's word and that we all be obedient to God's word, boy, we would make a big difference in this world. You know, the church would never have to beg for money. 
Uh, we'd never have, uh, we'd never have, oh, I wish we could do this. I wish we, we'd just, we'd just be like, I don't know what, we're going to have to start another church. We've got so many resources. We're going to have to send more missionaries. We've got so many. Now it's like, boy, if we could just make it, if we could just survive. Come on. If God's people just obey God, we'd, we'd, not, we'd, we'd not have want. We'd just do what we, we, we should do. We'd just be obedient to God. We'd make it. And uh, we turn this world upside down. Hey, if the early church could do it with the small resources they had, what's our excuse? Look at how many resources we have today. What is our excuse? They reached their known world with the gospel in their day in a very short period of time. And we've got the World Wide Web and the travel that we have and, the, and all the amenities that we have. And what are we doing? We're just using them for us. We're thinking about us. And we're not thinking about... Why we're here. Spirit-filled. Boy, that's not, maybe that wasn't on your list of what spirit-filled, but it sure is on God's list. And I, I tell you tonight, if your home has the Spirit of God, it has these things. Joy, gratitude, submission, love, obedience, care. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.